Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. So, do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze all your online marketing campaigns. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com income now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com income. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars and creators of the hottest shows on Broadway, off-Broadway, and beyond. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to Broadway's first intimacy director, Claire Warden. Stagecraft listeners have heard her name before when Audrey McDonald told us about working with Claire on Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune and explained why she hopes Broadway and the entertainment industry at large recognizes the importance of intimacy direction and embraces it. Well, Broadway seems to have listened, because although Frankie and Johnny was Claire's first Broadway credit just earlier this season, in the six months since, she's gone on to work on Slave Play, Linda Vista, The Inheritance, and Jagged Little Pill. Now Claire's in the studio with me to tell us what she does, how she got started doing it, and why it's something Broadway and the entertainment industry has rallied around. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, Claire. Thanks Hi, for joining Gordon. me. Thank you. I'm lo- very happy to be here. And 
So first of all, I guess we should start with the obvious question, which is what's intimacy direction and why is it important? Oh, that's a very good question. Mm. Um, so the way I describe intimacy direction, it's kind of it's got like three prongs to it as a discipline. First of all, it is, it is advocacy for the actors, um, ensuring that uh, they maintain agency over their body and what happens to it and what is seen of it, um, and that anything any performer, not just an actor, but any performer does as part of their work is something they enthusiastically consent to. So it's taking the dignity, the humanity, and the rights of actors and putting it uh, at the front of the creative process. It's also about creating and um, uh, uh, and upholding protocols for an entire company on the approach to intimacy scenes. Um, scenes of either non-sexual intimacy, sexual intimacy, or nudity. So that everyone on the team, whether it be a whole theater company, a whole school, a whole crew on set, a production company, understands what their role is and how to uphold uh, this process. And then finally, it is a, it's a craft. Uh, we are physical storytellers. So it is the craft of creating uh, the scenes and the illusions of sex and sexuality. Um, on a kind of parallel, for example, like with violence, you know, we make we create the illusion of violence, but that the actors aren't actually enacting violence on each other. We create the illusion of sex and sexuality without the actors actually having sex with each other. Right, right. And how long has this been around as a discipline? Well, the kernels of it were first created by a woman called Tonia Cena about 16 years ago now. Okay. As she was working, as she's a movement uh, professional, as she was working and teaching um, and through her own experience um, as a performer and seeing the experience of her students and fellows around her, uh, realized that there had to be a better way to approach scenes of sex and intimacy um, that, uh, that allowed brave work that was done in a way that empowered the actor and ensured that harassment, abuse, and assault didn't happen as part of their work. And uh, we should probably say that uh, when when you know intimacy direction or sort of that kind of care is taken with it, then it sort of opens up the door for even accidental sort of violations of people's what people are comfortable with, right? I Absolutely, mean, and it and it can come from um, it can come from just not having the conversation. Everyone's a little right. awkward and because doesn't no have one the wants to, right? Yeah. yeah, people are like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how do we talk about this. Right. Um, so then it's like just in the spirit of like improving or seeing what happens, right. um, and that's a difficult conversation to have with a co-star. Yep. Um, or it comes from someone who's at the top of the power dynamic, perhaps the director or choreographer, who uh, is giving instructions to actors who aren't, who don't quite yet know how to say no because of the conditioning of actor training. Um, or it can be uh, actors or directors taking advantage of the situation. Right. There's a whole gamut of it, of, of it all, yeah, yeah. Um, and not all of it is malicious. Right. Right. Um, and so this is, you know, I cut you off, you were talking about the, it's sort of started about 16 years right. ago. Right, and, and so Tonya started creating her, um, an approach to it and uh, and using it in her work and, uh, and, and working her way through. And then we kind of fast forward to about um, three and a half years ago, nearly four, um, where she met with uh, two other women, Alicia Rhodes and Siobhan Richardson, who were fight directors, um, who had been investigating this thought in their own work. Hmm. The three of them decided to come together and say, let's actually, let's actually find a way, see if we can research this and 
see if we can codify this into a discipline in the way that fight direction is discipline, in the way that choreography and movement is a discipline. Can we do that? So they spent about a year researching and working and consulting with a, a performers and directors and lawyers and anti-harassment specialists and trauma specialists um, to create a, uh, a, a the beginning of approach. And then a couple other people joined the team, including myself and Jessica Steinrock. Um, and uh, we all continue to grow, develop it, add our bits, find the language. Jessica Steinrock found a, a, you really helped create the language of what we call the pillars, which is the discipline. Right. Um, and we launched it, you know, to the world. And um, and this and is it took at this there. point, are you uh, because you are um, a lead instructor and um, the director of engagement? Is that right for the international? The intimacy director is international. Is that? Is that process that you just described, is that the formation of that group right there? Yes, it, it was works? after the Tonya and Alicia and Siobhan had um, began that first year of codification, then Intimacy Directors International okay. was formed as a company. Right. Um, and so I joined once it was formed. Right. Um, we have actually changed titles now. We have oh, all no decided. Idea. Yeah, well, we decided um, to all, you know, in our awareness and our, our working towards power dynamics and how we, as a company as individuals um, look at and disrupt the power dynamics in the industry, we decided to all become associate directors. So to all okay. like share in that and also the, you know, how we kind of look at running what the company is and the mm. movement as it goes forward. Got it. Okay. Um, and so you kind of launched it into the world, and was there, what was the response to that? At first, really very quiet. Mm -hmm. um, we, <laughs> we began, uh, we and all... You were, we should say, you came to this from the perspective of an actor, you're an actor yourself and also a fight director, Yeah, right? I've been so. an actor my whole career, right. so over 20 years, um, and a fight director for, uh, well, I began my training in, in fight and fight directing choreography um, uh, about eight years ago. Um, and uh, and so I had been working kind of between acting and fight directing and like back and forth and splitting. And I'm also a teacher, so I was also teaching um, acting uh, and fight. Um, and so it, so craft-wise and experience-wise, especially the kind of teaching that I did, which is was very deep, um, deep emotional connection and realization, full body work. Mm. Um, and in my uh, teaching, I'd worked with a lot of actors with um, varying levels of trauma, uh, physical, psychological, emotional. Um, and, uh, and so had really started honing how to support and work with actors that may have trauma in their bodies that still want to do their work. Right. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I, the, in 2017, which is just over two years ago yeah. and, and honestly feels like uh, 10, yeah. mm -hmm. um, I joined the team, I came on uh, and learned all that they had created right. uh, and embodied what they had and then we kept on growing it. And that was right around the same time as the Harvey, as, be, as the sort of awareness of every, of you know this issue in the entertainment industry overall hit was it, that is that right was it right? about was it six months before, before? okay um, and once kind of the global recognition of the Me Too movement right. which had been going for years before that yeah right coincided with the revealing of you know Harvey Weinstein and a number right. of other um, uh, people that had uh, been en engaging in very uh, bad and abusive behavior in the industry right. um, it all kind of shot up right. and um, right. 
and people became uh, aware. And it wasn't that actors just started speaking up. It was that finally we found a way to make the industry and the world listen. Right. Um, because actors have been trying to speak up ever since there's been acting. Right. And there's been uh, abuse and harassment ever since acting began, I believe. Um, right. And so finally the world and therefore the industry was listening. Uh, and so there was a vast, bright, quick enlightenment of how not to do these things, <laughs> right? right? right. Uh, and how not to approach it. Um, and then there was a, 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 a gap of, okay, right. well, we, we're pretty clear on some of the ways, or some of the things not to do, but how do we then keep doing this? Um, and often what happens when there's a big kind of um, revelation or, or cultural shift in understanding, there's that moment of kind of paralysis of fear of we we definitely, you know, many people that don't want to do wrong because too much wrong has been done, but don't know how to do it right. right. Um, and so uh, so there was a question, a big gap of like, well, what do we do now? We don't want to stop telling these stories. And so that's where we were, were like, we have some yeah. thoughts. We've created something. Let us let us uh, share it with the industry. Right. Yeah. And I imagine the IDI and the people you work with at IDI and you yourself work on both, uh, you know, film and uh, TV projects as well as stage projects. Some right? of us so, do. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some and of so us are just theater. Some of us are just TV films. Right. Some of us do both. And I imagine they're different in many respects because I feel like it must be very different to, uh, uh, you know, rehearse and perform a scene of intimacy once for the cameras or, you know, however many times you have to do it for the cameras and then you never have to do it again. And then you're Audrey McDonald and Frank and Johnny and the Clark Balloon and you do it eight times a week, right? Yes. So that must be an entirely different, you must talk about these things completely differently. I mean, they... it, it is that the fundamentals of the approach and the understanding is the same. Mm. Um, but yes, the, the medium itself is very different. So not only are you, do you have like shorter times and it's less, um, you know, repeating it less, you might be only doing like, three to 15 takes of something as opposed to, you know, three months, six months, a year. Right. Um, but also we're looking at it through a very different lens. You know, with a camera, we have complete control over what is seen, but it's a lot right. more detailed. It's a lot closer. And we're telling a story in a different way. In a theater, we do not have as much control over the audience's eyes, depending where they're sitting in the right. house. Um, and so there's, it's a different craft in that way. Um, and uh, and the 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 actors' um, filling of that story in a you know eighteen hundred seater house is very different to when the camera is right there. They still fill the frame, but it's 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 a different kind of presence. So and all of that is part of like if we can help them build that story. Um, then they can do their best work, which is what we're there for. Right. And what has been your pitch to producers as as you sort of were knocking on doors, especially early on when you said, hey, this is what we're doing and this is why it's important. What did you tell them? And when there was pushback of any sort, when there was skepticism, what was the root of that skepticism, did you find? I think a lot of the resistance or skepticism is a often comes from just a misunderstanding of what this work is mm. um, or a fear that it is um, policing mm -hmm. um, or censorship or um, or or um, 
controlling or, or getting in the way of the creative process, uh, whatever that means, um, or it's a statement that the director cannot do their job. Um, and so, and really the way I see it, it's a couple of ways. I consider myself um, part of the design team, mm. like a fight director, but also like your lighting director and your costume designer and your set designer, in that um, we all take, uh, we all have skill and craft in an area of helping this whole story be realized. And that the director helms that um, and you know along with the actors has the vision knows the story they want to tell and they're like this is you know this is the kind of feeling what this is the actual you know it's daytime 247 because they just said it was 247 right. but the feeling we have here is one of you know detachment and coldness and and a lack of of uh, of connection lighting designer mm -hmm. help me build that right and then right. your lighting designer is going to create that that feeling um and you know so i'm part of a designer that when it comes to the moments of uh, intimacy sex nudity um that we're really looking at what's the story that the director and the actors want to tell what we're saying about this and then how do we create that whilst ensuring that the actors maintain agency of their body and that uh, and that it is something they consent to. Um, I also I also talk a lot about our ability to tell really deep, powerful, authentic stories. And when an actor is not um, empowered or is ha at any point in them has um, anxiety or concern about their, what's going to happen to them or is in some way distracted about worrying how they're going to be touched or what they're seeing or is being made to do something they're not um, enthusiastically consenting to, then their ability to do their work is compromised, right? Because part of their body, brain, soul is taken up with that. Right. So I'm like, and it's not about making actors comfortable because a lot of the work we do is deeply uncomfortable because that's why we're doing it. Right. But it's about giving them the confidence. So creating a structure where we know how to have this conversation that is inclusive, that is respectful, that is uh, deep and considering all aspects and that we can create something that the actors have complete confidence in what story is being told what their part in it and is what's going to happen so that they can then be free to do their best work mm -hmm. so the work we do is is helming that part to allow the story to be deeper more authentic more powerful more risky more ecstatic more joyful whatever it is we're looking for to let them everyone do their best work If we were to talk a little bit about specifics, how, I guess, first of all, how do you, how are moments of intimacy identified? As you're reading a script, you, when, when does the little red flag go off that you say, aha, this is an, this is a moment that requires intimacy direction? I mean, if there's any um, mention in the stage directions or in the dialogue that talks about like physical interaction, certainly of any um, genitalia or, or right. deeply intimate physical places. Um, or any intimate, because you know, I also work on non-consensual sex as well. So mm -hmm. uh, any deep, uh, anything that's sexual, sexually motivated touching. Right. Right. Um, uh, also, you know, we can look at scenes where it may not be sexual, but there is deeply intense physical 
um, contact, you know, uh, the washing of the dead body, for example, mm, okay. is a deeply vulnerable place for that actor who has to pretend to be dead. And we want to know exactly what we're going to be touching, how we're going to be washing. You know, dressing or undressing someone on stage, even if it's not sexual. Um, you know, so anything where we yeah. have that deep kind of, and if we, even if we have stories that may not be specifically uh, or deeply physical, but might have a, a deeply sexual uh, context to them, or or threatening, pervasive, coercive storylines, mm -hmm. um, we can. It's also helpful to build the structure so that the actors get to hold that and be able to step in and out of them so they're not taking it home with them. Right. Um, any nudity, which is you know at the moment defined by uh, any area that would normally be covered up with a, a, a bathing suit, you know, a, a speedos or a bikini. Yep. Um, but for me, nudity also extends to any uh, part of the body that that actor would not normally show in public. So when you're looking at cultural or religious that we're also bringing in an understanding of respect and sensitivity to that. Right, yeah. And who do you talk to, when you were brought aboard, who do you talk to first? Is that the director initially? And um, Yeah, I mean, depending who's brought me on board, right. I have that initial conversation. But right. yes, my first uh, conversation is with the director because I want to know what, you know, uh, what their vision is of both the entire production, whether it be, you know, TV series, film or, or theater, uh, play and um, and of those moments, but also of how they like to work and what questions they might because some it's still re reasonably um, regularly I'm working with someone who's never worked with an intimacy director right. before and sure. that will be the case for a while. So just kind of explaining what I'm there for, what I do, how I help support the process, and answer any questions they have about it. Um, and then from there, my next conversations are with the individual actors that are involved in any of these moments um, so that I can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them, explain what I do, how I advocate for them, and get to know their requests and their levels of um, consent right. and boundaries that, that we know of at the beginning, Right. Um, right because which part of course of it, changes. I was just going to say part of it has to be allowed to change. Absolutely, and it right. can be revoked and enhanced at any time. Yeah, I was going to say, in either direction, um, right? What, yeah, yeah, so there might be whatever like, whatever the slider is. I yeah. know, contractually, yeah. I'm not going to show this part of my body, right. no matter what. Right. Great. Um, but then, you know, we might not know where the scenes are going and what we're going to see. So we also like the, the communication, which is one of our, pil our pillars, the foundations of our work is communication. And that continues constantly throughout the process. How hard, because as you say, a lot of people can be reluctant to talk about these things. How how significant of a challenge is that for your work? I, I like, what, or what do you do, I guess, to make people comfortable talking um, about this? I think I spend a lot of time facilitating the conversation okay. um, and just letting people know we're going to talk about this now. Um, <laughs> and also being the one, you know, often I'm the one that dispels the discomfort a bit. So, you know, I'll be the one that says breasts in the room first and we'll yeah. <gasps> penis, you know, and everyone goes, oh, <laughs> right. yeah, and yeah. I'm like, and now the words are out. So now, right. because now that's the story yeah. we're, we're, we're telling here. Right. Um, right. Um, and so there's a, just a lot of guidance and facilitation sometimes, and sometimes not. Sometimes everyone's like really great and ready and prepared and on board. Um, so it's, it, it's very individual. Yeah, and it must, is it, I imagine it's different for every show based on sort of the negotiation between sort of what the director imagines and then kind of what these actors are comfortable doing or trying or mm. whatever. Is it, uh, is that the case? Basically, I mean, yes, I it's different with the group of people you have. It's different sure. with the story that you're telling. 
Um, it's different with how different actors and directors like to work, what their process right. is. Um, and it's, you know, it's a bit of a dance for, for the intimacy director to right. um, support each individual in their process and be able to adapt and be willing, you know, how much they need and how much they don't. But right. also, you know, when to advocate yeah. uh, and when to, you know, step in and divert and change right. or state something clearly and when to let it be. And so how regularly are you at rehearsal, I guess? Are you there for, what, the initial sort of staging of these? Tell me about what your kind of process is. Well, I, it, de it depends on, again, on the demands of the play. So yeah. if, we look, if we're talking about a play, for example, um, if it's a play that has an enormous amount of um, sex, sexuality, nudity, or slave it, play, like slave instance. play, yeah. for example, <laughs> yeah. So that has an enormous amount, and it's the fabric of the entire... Piece. Play of Absolutely. the entire piece, yep. right? So, um, so for that, and lucky, you know, I was lucky enough to to join with Slave Play right when it was f at Yale when it was first ever done. Oh wow! Okay. So I I've now done three iterations, but yeah. I've been with it for two years. Um, but in a play like that, for example, um, I would be there at the first meet and greet to introduce who I was and what I do. Um, and then I, you know, I request to be there um, during the table work as much as I can. Yeah, that makes sense. So that I can hear, A, how the actors and directors are building their conversation and talking, but also the, the thoughts and ideas that are up, being put up in the, in the space and in the, in the air so that I can keep be aware of those in my um my work and especially with a play like slave play because it is such a deep um and challenging uh, uh piece with with the subjects that it covers um to really learn how we best handle that in a way that is uh uh supportive and respective of all of the actors that have to play it. Right. Um, and so I need to learn that. Uh, and then I'm there when, you know, when we're create, first creating each of those moments of intimacy. Um, and then I'll give them a couple of days, I'll come back, we'll look at it, okay. you know, yeah. we'll work through, I'll be there throughout tech, I'll be there throughout previous. And how much like choreography is it? Is it, you know, we will hold this kiss for eight beats or something like that? Or uh, explain to me some of the sort of specifics of the, I don't know, timing of, uh, or what you were, what you think about as you're choreographing. Music. Yeah, so it's 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 about the the specificities of storytelling, mm -hmm. and that you know there are a thousand stories in a handshake, right? Let alone uh -huh. a, like a, a a scene of sex. Right. Um, so the chore, you know, we we agree on and we uh, keep to a choreography of wherever like hands are going, where lips are going, where bodies go together, um, depending on how they like to work. You know, sometimes we'll look at a timing, um, which is I often do through breaths as opposed to counting think, because, yeah. you know, it's hard to like be in it and be like one, two, yeah, well, three, that's, you know. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll find that out. And there's, you know, like every container has a little bit of, of give in it. So we'll build the story both so that we, we know that we're telling the same story every time right. um, and also that the actors know exactly what's happening when it's happening every yeah. time right. so that if there's a change it's easy to address it um, but there's a little you know there's breath in it there's space in it and once we've built the container the actors can can uh, let it live you know live inside it right. as and we create it you you alluded to this a little bit before but part of acting is being sort of listening to impulses and being open to 
you know, the sort of spontaneity of like playing a moment and the emotions and whatever. Yeah. How how do you negotiate that with kind of what giving them boundaries that also sort of empower them to do their work? Like how, how do you how how do you approach it not as a limitation but as a thing that empowers them? Well, I think I think if we think about impulses as uh, as tools as actors, right? Mm. All of these things that we have, and impulses are the tools. And as long as the uh, as long as I'm still the master of the tools, as opposed to the tools being the master of me, because then I'm not acting, I'm being, and mm. we're not beers, we're actors, <laughs> right? Uh -huh. And it's a craft and it's a skill. Right. Um, and so, uh, and I think there are many ways when an impulse comes up, right, to be able to follow it as an actor, whether uh, whether the impulse comes up and I just check, staying in the scene, is that all right if I put my hand there? Great, okay, let's keep going, right? Okay. Uh -huh. Or we talk about others. I had this impulse, I wanted to check with you. Or, um, or I follow the impulse, my scene partner's body starts to tense up and move away, I listen to listen. that, yeah. and I shift, and then afterwards you go, oh, let's just talk about that moment. Again, communication. Right. Um, and, uh, and, Actors are, you know, incredible creatures that have a great skill of listening, and that's part of. Again, that's one of our tools. We have to develop our our nonverbal listening skills as well, um, and so that we're speaking, uh, you know, with our bodies as well as our our words. So that uh, so we can be part of that. But yeah, communication. And if if we follow an impulse and it's not okay, mistakes happen. You know, right. then we right. talk about it. Then we stop. Yeah. Acknowledge it apologize, okay. talk about the boundaries again, and yeah. then we move forward. That's how we change the world, right. is, to, is to, right. to respect each other in that way and be willing to be correct and to be willing to be called up right. as opposed to called out. Right. Um, and being finding a way and creating the space in which people can say, that's not okay. And then we address it and then we keep moving forward. And my understanding is that uh, part of your job also is to sort of uh, create a kind of psychological kind of space for this to exist that they can then step out of. Is that mm. right? Is that, yeah. that that it's like, can you explain a little bit more about that? Sort of how you... Uh, yes, I, I like to think of it as, as creating the brave space. I don't mm. use the phrase safe space because um, mm. I don't think I get to dictate what makes a safe a space safe for someone else. Right. Um, and what makes it safe for me does not necessarily mean it makes it safe for anybody else that's something that each individual has to test but yeah it's about creating the structure around the space in which we work and we do that with actual specific tools and rituals and the kind of conversations we have like verbal cues or like like uh like tapping in and tapping out which is something that we we yeah Audrey McDonald mentioned that actually yeah. That. yeah yeah so it's just it's just a moment to 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 connect with your scene partner before you before we start work and what is that just it is sitting in front of each you stand opposite yeah. each other eye contact you take a breath together and then you do a high 10 okay. right and uh -huh. it's like it's uh -huh. like a little fizzle but it's like yep. a it's it's the physical equivalent of like clocking in okay. like the clocking machine yep. and it's like hey let's start work right we're about to tell a story i'm going to turn up my listening my mindfulness of what's going on with me and what's going on with you and let's let's be professionals doing this art together right. right opens up that space and then when we're done or we go on a break or end of the show and you tap out it's the same thing right eye contact breath a high 10 and that goes thanks partner right I'm gonna leave all this here and pick it up tomorrow <laughs> right. at half hour, right? right? I don't have to take it all and stay living in it. Yep. Um, 
we're done. What we did just then was in service of the story. The way we touch each other then might not be the way that you and I, the people get to touch each other out of work. Right. And we're done. Let's close the, the lid and let's step back out into our lives and go and see our kids or, or stroke our dogs or do some grocery shopping or go for a run or whatever it is right. we do in the rest of our life. Your first uh, Broadway credit was just earlier this season and you've worked on a slew of shows <laughs> since then and will continue to do so. Yes. So it's clearly taking off. Um, what do you consider to have been the milestones for intimacy direction so far and what do you, how do you see it expanding then from here? Uh, a milestones. I think. Um, I think one. You know, the really big milestone that changed it was when um, when uh, Alicia Roders, my colleague, was hired uh, uh, on the HBO series yes. The Juice to work on that. And after in the season, HBO um, committed to having intimacy directors on all of their shows. Right. That was a really Which is, big. Seems milestone. like eight full time jobs. Frankly, it, but, it's a lot. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And there's a lot of. Uh, the team that work on those shows. Yeah, I bet. That was a big milestone because that was a very large player in the industry standing up and advocating for the work. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, putting their reputation, the money where their mouth was. Right. Um, and I think then another big milestone was, was Frankie and Johnny and, and the first show, the Broadway show of having an intimacy director, which again, um, says, uh, says to the industry, this matters, this is important. Um, even incredibly highly respected seasoned professional brilliant actors like you know order and michael um this is a support for them you know and uh and respect for what they do as part of their craft um so that helped uh and and then you know other plays coming forward is saying oh yeah this yes this is something we want as part of our community what are what what are the shows you've worked on this year because I'm I, I listed a few of them at the start of this before uh, in the intro and I don't think I got all of them because um you so did. Frankie and Johnny and the Cladaloon yep. Slave Play yep. um Linda Vista right Jagged Little Pill mm-hmm. um The Inheritance yeah The Inheritance yep. and I've just started on the uh, West Side Story right Eva Van Herzen and I'm sure there's way. more to come so Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it seems like things are tending yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, and how do you hope then to see it grow from here? Um, well, really, uh, the two areas of growth are, are 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 the number of accredited qualified people that are right. doing this, so that it is more available. Because we are in an absolute right. supply demand um, right. desperate situation where there is wonderfully the industry is like yes 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 it takes a while to train someone to right. do this because of the intricacy of the job yeah. and now you collectively IDI are in the work of are going through the work of training all these folks yes yeah. we, okay. we you know we've we've trained a a, a a wonderful group of both intimacy coordinators and directors um, and uh, and we're just starting another round of apprentices that will work with us as well that the we'll difference train. between coordinator and director an intimacy is... coordinator it does the work on screen so okay. TV film director yep. in live performance right. Right. Um, and so uh, yeah so so that's that's really where um, and you know it's not that um, there are there are the our community and there are a number of people that are interested in developing this work it's not that we are uh, uh, we hold the we're the gatekeepers or we hold we are the gurus of the work 
IDI as a collective have spent a lot of time and pulled a lot of uh, research and expertise and experience of doing the job in the profession, in the field, um, and brought all that information back um, to provide a training basis that is research practiced um, and ever developing. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and so we want to be able to expand that and, and bring more people um, and a much more diverse um, range of people that do this work. You know, one of our failings was that um, as the work grows, grew so quickly um, and there was um, such demand on us to do the work and train that we, uh, we failed in our uh, paying attention to our diversity in the people that were running the company and the people that were trained uh, and became and, and we have become a, a very white-led um, organization and we are actively putting enormous energy into changing that and providing opportunities um, to non-cis white uh, people to be to to be part of this work because um, it's necessary to have a range of people to tell stories um, uh, and to be part of that uh, because, you know, uh, gender and sex and race and uh, is, all, is so tied up that, uh, that we need to be aware of See the of aforementioned that. slave play. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's what we want. But, um, but also we are really doing a lot of work um, in, uh, in universities and training institutions mm -hmm. um, with the... the, the nefarious goal of breeding a new generation um, so that by the time the the people that are training as actors directors stage managers designers um, filmmakers as those people go to run the rooms in five or ten years time that this isn't even a conversation anymore because they understand and a lot of the um, the demand and the push in education is coming from students who yeah. are demanding that their uh, their schools and their faculty acknowledge this cultural shift and um, and give them access to training in it. So that's, so there's a lot of that and I really think that that is something we really want to be able to invest in um, for both the faculty teaching and also to help them, to give them the tools and the approach and an understanding of how to take all the brilliant stuff that they do uh, and um, be able to understand it through a, this lens of consent culture uh, and empowerment and um, and maybe we can create um, maybe we can create an industry that um, that can take power over the power over structure um, and and change it into like a collective responsibility um, so that we are finding equity not equality but equity for um, for all the members of the creative team that includes the actors. That was Claire Warden, the Intimacy Director of Broadway shows including Slave Play, The Inheritance, and Jagged Little Pill. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever is your podcatcher of choice. Or tell a friend. I'll be back next week with another new episode. Until then, see you at the theater.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.